This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Commercial with a state podcast. And welcome back to the Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast. I'm Corey Wright. And I'm Melissa Moretti. And we got the all-star team here today. Haven't seen you in a while, but good I to know. see you again, as always. Corey's uh, shrinking. I don't know if I say shrinking. Shrinking. Weight, a tiny man now. Weight loss. Weight loss. It's <laughs> that time of year, right? Because what it is, you got you to gotta lose the weight by October before the pumpkin spice comes out. Okay. And then between now and spring, I'll add everything back on that I've lost. Okay. So I'm kind of even par. Right. Come springtime versus if I don't work out and lose weight before the fall hits okay. and I add my fall weight, I'll be like plus 15 going into June. So it's just weight management. Yeah. It's, it's a balancing act. Literally, right? right? Well, it's literally a balancing act. Good for you. I appreciate that. Um, so on the show today, we have John Switzer, managing partner of Impact Commercial. So we wanted to have him on right after we had Doug Porter. So Doug Porter was on last week. For those who didn't hear the episode, we highly recommend you go back and listen to it. Doug is the head chief economist at BMO, and he sort of outlines what's going on in the economy, inflation, how it works, all that fun stuff, kind of lets us know kind of BMO's thoughts of where we'll be for the next couple of years. So we wanted to bring John on right after that to talk, how does that information relate to interest rates on the lending side on the forefront? So we got John Switzer on today. To talk, guest. to talk all about it. He's been on the show before, very charismatic, never disappoints. We're going to find out today how the interest rates are doing and where are they going? Yeah. Past where, guest fan favorite, pa- as Matt as, would as say. As Matt would say, past guest fan favorite. Uh, but one thing I do want to make mention before we get to that, and I this may sound like I'm tooting my own horn, I'm not. It's a company-wide achievement. I'm very proud of our team that the Globe and Mail just announced the top 400 fastest growing companies in Canada. And William Wright Commercial ticked off number 89 this year. Under 100. Under 100. Under That's 100. Fantastic. So I'm- uh, Congratulations. I'm very proud of our team. It's been a, it's a company-wide achievement. So I am more than happy to uh, toot the company's horn because so many great individuals have contributed to get us to this point. And uh, although we, we've come a long way, we're just getting started. So That's I'm amazing. very proud of the team across the board on a great team accomplishment. I love it. You're what's, doing great. What's going on in your world? What's going on in my world? You know, just kind of trekking along in the residential world. And how is the residential world? Because obviously there's correlation. Yeah, yeah. It depends on the property. It depends on the pocket of, you know, where it is. It's a good property at a good price. It can be in multiple offers. But there's really? also some stuff sitting. So. Yeah. There's a stuff that's sitting overpriced or is it location? Uh, a little bit of both probably. Yeah. yeah depending on, on what it is. So overpriced in the wrong location is what you're saying? Could be. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So without further ado, let's get to our interview today with managing partner, John Switzer, Impact Commercial Group. Enjoy, guys. All right. Enjoy. This podcast is presented by Impact Commercial. 
Impact Commercial, John, Allen, the team over there are fantastic. They've been, all been on the show. They have, yeah. Friends of the show. Great guys. Wealth of experience. They can help with all your commercial financing needs. Whether it's owner-occupiers, land development funds, commercial investments, or multifamily, these guys got you covered. And they recently obtained their CMHC correspondent lender status. So for all your commercial lending needs, visit them at impactcommercial.ca. That's impactcommercial.ca. All right. So today we're here with John Switzer, Managing Partner, Impact Commercial Group. John, how are you doing? Uh, doing uh, just fine, I guess you could say, considering. <laughs> Well, John, you know you definitely don't need any introduction. You're you've been our, our guest on this show multiple times, and in Matt's word, it would be past guest fan favorite. Past guest fan favorite. We know wow. you're not in the office right now, but we appreciate you taking the time to join us today because we had Doug Porter on last week, who is the BMO chief economist, outlines everything that the BMO's position and where things are happening. You're on the front lines, leading a great team of commercial mortgage brokers. We want to get you on to get your feedback on what's happening on the front lines. But before we get to that, can you tell us a little bit about yourself for those who haven't uh, listened to maybe the previous episodes? Uh, for sure. Yeah. So I've been, uh, been with Impact Commercial since uh, 2017. Uh, before that, I spent uh, a, a similar sort of stint in the financial or capital markets. I was working for uh, a large independent broker dealer on the cash management side. So I was helping uh, mining companies and municipalities primarily with their sort of bond and short-term, you know, cash management instrument uh, trading and yeah, great experience over there. And then a nice sort of transition into, uh, into mortgages. It felt somewhat natural. So I've really enjoyed applying some of those, uh, you know, learnings in the, uh, in the mortgage space. That's great, John. Well, like I said, you, you've landed an impact there. You're now the managing partner of that company. You guys do a great job. We obviously uh, work with you guys very closely over at William Wright Commercial. I guess I'll, I'll, I'll get things started here because I know there's lots of questions and it seems like everything's on the table right now. Just what is going on? Obviously, interest rates are high. Inflation's high. Interest rates have the BOC has continued up until this last, last round has continued to push interest rates up. Where are interest rates right now and where are they going? And then we'll dive into the the, 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 the micro and the macro side of that. Yeah, no problem. So just about three uh, pretty heavy questions in there. I'll start with what's going on. Three for one on, three for one on the podcast here. What's going on? I, I, I wish I could say I, I really knew the answer to that. I think, you know, me and for sure me and my colleagues and I, you know, I think I can speak for most of the economists out there that we follow. I mean, nobody expected uh, bond yields to run this far and, and, uh, and, and this fast. So um, it's just been like a bit of a freight train. Uh, and, and bond yields, just to back up a little bit, are very important to us because they pretty much set the price of all other debt instruments in the market, including, you know, obviously commercial mortgages. So, yeah, we've just seen this, this unprecedented speed of, of hikes and those are obviously driving the uh the bond markets higher as well i personally uh, you know i thought that bond yields would be lower by now just based on looking back in in history and that's what we've been you know telling clients because all we can do is 
is guide to the to the best of our sort of knowledge and gut feeling, but but at least I'm in good company. I guess you could say with with economists, uh, at least all over Canada, you know, have also been been surprised by this this move. So so where are interest rates? Um, they're they're certainly higher than what we've been used to for a very long time. Uh, since you know the the global financial crisis in, that started in 2008 and really uh, sort of hit its peak in early 2009, but actually goes back further towards the you know the, the tech bubble in uh, in 2000. So we haven't seen interest rates. I, I believe we're at the highs in uh, about 16 or 17 years right now. Actually, so so for you know. Anybody that graduated university this century, these rates feel really, really high, but they're actually historically not anywhere near as high as they were in the 80s, like um, you know most of our most of our parents lived through. So, so they're and they're certainly above the kind of 25 to 30 year average, which I think is around like the mid four percent range for a five year commercial mortgage. Right now, in, for context, we are pretty much firmly in the sixes and sevens on, you know, anything from a five-year to a one-year commercial mortgage for sort of call it the average borrower. So, John, there, there's a lot there. Mm-hmm. I know I asked you multiple questions. First off, question that I have, and I'm just guessing this based on the look on Melissa's face when you said this, bond yields, you put a big emphasis on bond yields. How do bond yields correlate to interest rates? Well, um, basically, they call the government bond yields, which whichever country you're in, is is considered the risk-free capital, and that's um, or the risk-free rate of return, I should say, and that's especially prevalent in the U.S., where it's considered that U.S. Treasuries have almost no risk. So then, every other financial instrument is sort of a derivative of that, or is, is priced off of that. So you'd have you know, um, provincial bonds in Canada, and then you'd have municipal bonds would be slightly higher premium, and then you get down into, um, you know, corporates and and so forth, which would include, you know, the Canadian banks would be considered very high quality bonds. So it's just that cascade effect of of the premium increasing as the the risk increases from government out to corporates. And then commercial mortgages and residential mortgages, for for that matter, slap an additional premium onto those returns because you're dealing now with individual homeowners and and, and business owners, right? So so they're very very important. So the and I guess it's important to to just remind everyone. I know we 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 talk about this to death, but fixed rates are derived from government bond yields, whereas variable rates are derived from the prime rate, which is directly correlated to the central bank overnight rate. So they're both very important and they're both running kind of parallel. So we're, you know, equally important to mortgage brokers and and real estate investors. Now, from a, just, just putting it all kind of in kindergarten language, if the BOC overnight posted rate in BOC's Bank of Canada is, let's say, 5%, typically, how much of a spread over that would, say, BMO or RBC lend money out at their prime rate? Is there kind of a, 
a correlation, like 150 basis points is about the number? Or is there a, how does that work? Yeah, so great question. I'm not just saying that. Um, the, uh, the spread between the overnight rate and the prime rate hasn't changed for a long, long time. Um, I can't put an exact date on it, but certainly since I've been, you know, out of out of school uh, a long time ago now, uh, it hasn't changed, and it's 220 basis points or 2.2 percent. So, Bank of Canada overnight rate is five percent. The bank prime rate is 7.2 percent. They call it the bank prime, but all the banks are the same. They all move in tandem. Uh, don't ask me exactly how that mechanism works, but they certainly all move in lockstep when when the uh, Bank of Canada makes a change to their overnight rate, the prime rate at all of the banks moves in lockstep at that 2.2% spread. So let's let's go one step further there. And obviously, commercial lending rates are typically higher than the prime rates. Is there a, a number that you typically see from a spread versus if the BMO prime rate is 7.2? Is there a 100 basis points I add to that? And that kind of gives me my, my rough estimate of commercial or is commercial more in line with the BMO prime rate? Um, no. So, correct. There's, there's always, I mean, I shouldn't say always going to be a spread, but most likely there's going to be a spread for the average borrower over prime of like the lowest I've seen for sort of like a non tier one or institutional borrower is, is prime plus a quarter. So today that would be 745. That's about as low as, as it goes for people like you and me. Um, and even, you know, we, we might not get that. It's more like I was going to say, people like you, because I'll tell you right now, I ain't getting yeah, that. No, so we're, that's we're, probably more like a you thing. We're in the same camp there. But um, so, so <laughs> let's call it the average might be prime plus one for a commercial mortgage, which, which is okay. in contrast to residential, at least historically, you're used to seeing a discount to prime and residential. Um, yeah. I know that that gap closed for for quite a while during the pandemic it was it was much uh, a much reduced discount so it was closer to prime even for residential but you're always going to have kind of a, at least the average of a one percent premium over prime for commercial variable mortgages. so 7.2 is bmo melissa shows up she's probably getting 8.2 yeah right and then when then when you show up you're getting prime you're getting like 7.5 <laughs> is your rate because your prime plus 0.25. See, this is the difference. Like, at least you guys are getting bank offers. I show up. I don't even get an offer from the bank. The bank's <laughs> at the point like, kind of like, thanks for coming, sir. Next, try the next one down the street. So at least, at least you guys are getting offers. Oh, there you go. Obviously, we're sitting here at these, you know, what feels like historically high rates for this generation. Where do rates go from here? Right now, the BOC paused on the last round. I know our neighbors to the south have a call coming up here. I'm not sure when that is this week or early next week. Where do we go from here? Do you foresee higher interest rates from the BOC? Um, so full disclaimer here, I have not listened to Doug's interview, so I could just be throwing myself right under the bus here. But but I would. Uh, what I'm reading is that the bond markets are pricing in another quarter point hike, but it doesn't know when it's going to happen. The bond market's very smart, but not that smart. So 
Um, my what I'm hearing is it could be October 25th or it could be Q1 of next year. But the bond market believes there will be one more hike, and then as of today, they you know I I think it thinks that that's the top, and and we're probably gonna plateau and and stay there for quite a while. How long that is, who knows? But um, but that's sort of sort of what we're we're reading and seeing out there. So we get another 25 basis points, whether that's for Christmas or after Christmas. Yeah. We think that may be the top. Where, when do rates come down? What happens or what has to happen to get our rates to come down to a more manageable level? Yeah. Um, and that's, there's a couple answers to that. If you're looking at fixed rates, honestly, it, it could happen any time. And I, like I said, I'm surprised that bond yields have been this stubborn, but Bond yields can can trade on on a second by second basis. So, um, or I should say, bonds can trade on a second by second basis. So, if all of a sudden next week the bond market decides that the central banks around the world are are for the most part finished with their their tightening, then the bond market can easily decide you know 12 to 18 months before the first rate cut that that it's going to price in that next round of, of, uh, of cuts. So it can happen way ahead of time. And we've, we've put a chart in, in a bunch of the, um, the presentations we've, we've put together for different groups showing that correlation and what you, what you see throughout history, or at least the last, if we could only find data going back 20 years, was that it's kind of at, at least about 12 months before the, the central bank takes its next big direction or directional move, the bond markets are are way ahead. They're ahead by 12 months. So I'm hoping that you know the bond yields peak out here anytime now and and start to just gradually make their way lower. So then we could see quite a bit more of an accommodative um, like like accommodative fixed rates much sooner than than we get a break on variable rates if that makes sense no no that, that does that does what are you guys seeing on the lending side from a, let's say from a deal flow obviously the whole industry has been has had a slowdown because of it but are, are you guys seeing a surprisingly amount of deal flow right now with regards to where interest rates are just everything being said or are you guys experiencing slower deal flow just because the whole con- the whole everyone's dealing with the same problem um, I I would say we're seeing unsurprisingly strong deal flow. <laughs> I'll change your question around a bit, but it's not surprising because when rates are this high, and and I'm going to use the Lower Mainland as an example, cap rates are relatively very low compared to interest rates. So you're looking at, I mean, you'd know better than me on a day to day basis, but probably. Maybe it's an average of let's pick like multifamily and industrial where everybody still wants to lend. You can kind of paint that with a with a broad brush. So let's say maybe it's an average cap rate of you know four percent, just to pick a number. And then you've got interest rates averaging let's call it seven percent. That means you need to have a huge chunk of of you know capital either in cash or in equity in another building to make that purchase work. So you're putting down, you know, if you want to pick Vancouver proper, as an example, you're putting down anywhere from 60 to 65% to get a, a conventional first mortgage. So wow. there's, 
very little risk in that if you think of it from a lender standpoint. Like there's almost no scenario you can think of where that mortgage is underwater, right? So Mm-hmm. So the just the money is going to keep flowing for anybody who's willing to come up with that kind of capital. And there is a lot of like a ton of capital floating around Vancouver and Toronto and other other major centers. Right. So there's always going to be buyers. A lot of guys and when the interest rates are this high, guys and gals, they'll they'll buy in cash and then wait until there's a better time to to take on a mortgage if they eventually have that even in the, in the plans right so there are definitely still groups out there um that are that are able to do that just have really strong uh offer with quick close closing cash worry about the debt later do you think that there's a lot of opportunities for people who are willing to come to the table with cash like that and and where do you think the opportunities are no, that's exactly where I was going with that is that I, I think we're going to see those groups here get more and more active because as you, you know, make those last few turns on the screws, you're you're putting the groups that are vulnerable into that, you know, more pain than they can handle. If we have that one more rate hike, it's not going to affect most people anymore because I'd say the damage is done, but you're going to have that last maybe two or 3% of the market just can't handle that last turn of the screws and that's what these well-capitalized you know call it institutional investors are, are are waiting for and i'd say they're they're probably getting excited around now and and that's actually a theme that we've that we've been observing just with calls out to you know existing clients or or prospects is is that the the really sophisticated groups are I hate to use the term, but they're kind of licking their chops here, like just waiting for their their entry point. And it's the smaller, you know, more sort of like paycheck to paycheck type groups that are that are really scared and nervous. So you can kind of see that we're probably getting to that tipping point, and maybe it's you know maybe it's getting towards well, bottom of the market in some shape or form. Um, in that regard, whereas we're getting to like the highest interest rates and the lowest property values that we're going to see, even though they haven't pulled back too, too much. Well, I can say from a brokerage standpoint, kind of with a bird's eye view province wide, we've seen a dramatic amount of uptick in activity since about middle of September onward. And I granted that, you know, summer's always typically slower. People are now back to business mindset, but I think a lot of it's also being driven with the anticipation that rates are starting to peak now. Where we saw a lot of people, you know, when you go back three months or four months ago, uh, when rates were kind of ticking up 25 basis points at a time, a lot of deals were dying off and buyers were sitting on the sidelines, not because their deal didn't work at 25 basis points higher, but it didn't work because they didn't know where things were going. There was the uncertainty of where rates were going. And now that I think there's optimism out there a little bit that, hey, we're probably getting towards the top, that to to your point there groups that have cash now coming back into the table now where they can say hey we can we feel that you know this is a we pay cash today we refinance 2025 like they can now start to see the light at the end of the tunnel yeah. so i think that is starting to slowly come back to the service and activities picking up quite a bit even on the leasing side of it where i think a lot of tenants before were you know these high interest rates affect companies operating lines of credit and there's so many other things they affect than mortgage rates that also have impact on companies expansion ability and all of that stuff so now that we're kind of getting to that level, or at least we feel we're getting there, we're seeing the activity come back into the table now where people can start to pencil what does 2024 look like 
what does 2025 potentially look like? And and now I can, I can, if I can make the numbers work now, yeah. hopefully we'll only get better in 2024, 2025. For sure. And I, I think um, like there's some groups out there that are still calling for another, whatever X percent leg down in the market. I, I really don't see that at least in commercial, it's highly possible yeah. in residential, but it's just, it's such a different animal in commercial. And I think what, you're going to see now is the sophisticated groups are are not thinking we need to wait for the bottom. They're now starting to think we can't miss the next leg up when interest rates do start to come down. Yeah, we can't miss. No, I, I agree with you. Percent up. Who cares if they miss two percent or three percent down? Right. Well, if I pull out my crystal ball, and we all know how accurate that hasn't been. If I take out my crystal ball and I'm a, and I'm a sophisticated buyer, and let's just let's take you know Victoria just as an example, we probably saw like strata investment properties probably peak maybe around that plus or minus four percent cap rate, which are now obviously with today's interest rates are probably four and a half, four seven five, maybe even five, depending on what you're buying. Well, if I'm looking at it right now, and demand has has I think is going to surge with how much money has been sitting on the sidelines record-setting immigration numbers. I think 2024, 2025 demand's only going to get higher and higher and higher and supply obviously won't keep up. That if I can buy a property now that arguably is a five cap that maybe was once a four cap, that that's a 20% discount and I can make my numbers work. Well, that's an opportunity that I might not see down the road. And as interest rates pull off to your point, that's when that uptick of value might start to come in because more demand will come off the sidelines. There'll be less product to pick from at that time, just naturally with how many buyers versus product sellers that potentially you arguably could be getting maybe a 20% discount on some assets that whether they compress compress back to that four cap rate number as an example that we're using, but that was driven by the COVID type interest rates. Mm. But even if it comes back to four, four and a quarter cap or even four and a half, that's still an opportunity where you're paying less for that property hypothetically than what it could be worth this time next year, the year after, as rates come off and demand continues to, to continues to surge. Yeah, and and if your rent if your rents are rising in you know in the meantime, it doesn't have to go back to that original cap rate. It can it can be exactly yeah, adjusted higher, and it's at the same value. But yeah, so totally agree. I agree with you 100. percent Now, in saying that, I know we just touched on this earlier. 2024, 2025, John, where are rates going, and when? <laughs> Uh, and we're going to fact check you and we hold you to everything oh, on the show. So just I so know. you know, whatever you say is going to go in stone. Uh, I mean, I can only honestly, guys, like go off of, of what I read out there. I'm not, I'm far from an economist. Um, and I, I think it's reasonable to think that, you know, a year from now, we, sh- we should be into rate cutting territory and possibly much sooner. Like I look back to, it wasn't that long ago that the the top economists across the world, and uh, at least in Canada for sure, were saying we're going to get the first cut in Q4 of this year. And how quickly did that change? It was, you know, it was a matter of a couple of months, if not if not weeks, that um, those calls started to change to okay, that's looking less likely. The bond markets telegraphing a different story and building in a bunch more risks here. So. All it takes, and then all it took was a little bit of language from the uh, the, the central banks that they're still hawkish or negative. In other words, then uh, they pushed. They started pushing that out like a year now. It's 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 a year from where they thought it was going to be before. So 
my point is that can reverse very quickly too. We get a little bit of of uh, sunlight on the horizon, all of a sudden the bond markets start rallying, meaning yields are are coming plummeting down in anticipation of you know better times ahead. Well, then those calls are going to start to say maybe it's the next meeting they they make the first cut, right? Like it's it can just change so fast, but I, I guess all I'll say is if I have to make a call, it's that I, we, we should see cuts by a year from now. So we're going to pencil out here. We're, we're now yeah. September. So you're thinking after summer, kind of like Q3-ish 2024, we're going to see a, a cut. And just for the record, John, how big is that cut going to be? Just <laughs> get my pen out here. Go ahead. Well, Again, from all the all the guys that I follow who are much smarter than me, I think it could come down pretty hard and fast. I don't know what that looks like. Do they do they do fifty basis point chunks, or do they do they start with twenty five and then build momentum because they don't want to? Maybe they don't. They're they're afraid of of causing too much bullishness in the market, so maybe they sort of ease into it. I have no idea, but I think the end result will be that that the the overnight rate comes down more than probably the average you know observer would think right now i think it could come down fast and more than maybe most people expect well that's that's a positive sign we'll take that one i think any news right now with interest is positive one thing i wanted to ask you guys as well you guys are on the forefront of deals coming in deals get accepted one of the first places those deals end up from the brokerage community or the buyers or sellers is typically into their commercial mortgage broker's hands. Um, is there certain markets that you guys are seeing more more deals getting done in now than maybe you saw last year or the time before that, just as an example, let's say Nanaimo? Are you seeing an uptick in, in transactions in certain markets? Um, well, it really depends on the on the type of buyer. So, I mean, our, our three main categories are owner users, investors, and developers. Um, owner users are are sort of propping up the market in the major centers right now. Like the, to be honest, like the only real strong activity I'm seeing with my portfolio is is some of these owner users just realizing there's probably not going to be a, a better time to get into the market or even to buy their second or third property. And the reason they can make the numbers work is because it's all dependent on the cash flow of their operating business, right? So for them, the the um, occupancy costs are quite low on their list of priorities in terms of like the annual spend. It's quite low on occupancy. So the difference between leasing and buying might not, it might make it an obvious call for them to just say, hey, now's the time to buy. Don't really care about um, where we're at in the interest rate cycle because we can afford it. And it's a, and there's more, gotcha. there's more availability now. Um, investment is very tough in the major center just because of that, that relationship we talked about with like a four cap versus a seven or 8% interest rate. But so we're seeing more activity in some of the the tertiary markets. Um, you, you know, you you've talked a lot about these, and so we're seeing a bunch of activity in the Kootenays and um, you know northern central BC to an extent. Um, certainly, there's still activity in you know in Kelowna and stuff. But and and again, you might you're ahead of the curve from me on this, but. From my perspective, activity definitely slowed, and there's there's price softness in uh, in Kelowna, for example. I wouldn't be surprised if that's already 
starting to pick up with you guys just seeing interest happening before we get, you know, introductions to any, any potential buyers. So, um, that's, that's kind of what we're well, I think with, yeah, sorry, go ahead. I mean, cut you off. I, th- I think with Kelowna too, it's an example of a market that definitely had one of the, the quicker run-ups with it. So naturally those markets like tend to go up really, really quick. If they are, they may soften really, really quickly. And I think, I mean, Kelowna is such a tremendous market. There's still that massive, uh, you know, massive population growth. There's still tons of development. There's still great absorption of product up there that, you mean, even anything that has kind of petered off a little bit in that market, I would be very confident in the coming years that demand will build itself right back up just because it's got so many metrics and so many things that work really, really well for it, that I think markets like that will sustain themselves. And now if you feel you can buy something in there as a discount, like it would, it's a good market to buy in. I know the activity and the products, even in the higher interest rates that are priced accordingly for what they are, they're still selling in these markets versus market. Maybe that that's not, Kelowna may not have that same success in a higher interest rate market because demand hasn't been there. But I think a market like Kelowna, which probably has had some pullback is a market that will definitely recover just because of all the economic drivers that drive that market. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and we're seeing, uh, like CMHC activity is, is strong in these, these smaller markets because you, you can still get a, you know, five, six cap on, on a decent apartment building. And, and we're looking at low 5% range for, for CMHC. So that relationship is actually, making sense right now so that I, we're definitely getting a, a big uptick there and i guess the other category is you know construction is just really hard right now it's just hard to make the numbers work if you're building condos you're worried about the ability of the end user to secure a mortgage right on those to, to actually close on those pre-sales and then obviously on on the rental side you're just looking at the the pro formas to determine the mortgage amount are based on the cash flow at completion. And right now when you have, you know, if you're not using if you're not looking at CMHC, it's, it's sort of that 7% plus uh, range that you're basing the interest rates on. It's just super hard to, to make a, a, a profitable project happen right now. So, so CMHC is kind of the only, the only way on, on that side right now. And like I said, lots of activity there. Well, I think that speaks to the, I mean, that will just add fuel to the fire in a good way about the real estate in quotations bubble, where if you have record setting immigration and we already have a housing problem and immigration is tremendous for the country, for the city, for everything, there's nothing bad about it whatsoever. But when you already have a housing problem as it is, that's going to compound that problem. And when construction costs are where they're at, interest rates are where they're at, land acquisition costs are where they're at. And you I mean you're seeing it on the development side? They can't pencil the projects. Well, the more people that need housing, the less projects we can deliver. It's just going to continue to push demand higher and higher and higher. And that's why we don't live in a in a housing bubble. As much as uh, if you watch YouTube, people might think differently, but well, supply yeah. and demand is simple economics. Or, or if you listen to some of the big uh, talking heads in the U.S., like some of the big hedge fund managers have been doing whatever they can to short the Canadian market for, for years, yeah. if not decades. And they, they haven't been right yet. So, Well, I think if you're going to short a market, you should understand the market. And I think if you simply come to BC and you just see how beautiful of, of a province it is and you go to all the major markets and just the lack of land and the geographical challenges and the political challenges we deal with and the amount of people coming here for everything from school to moving to all of that stuff – simple economics will will win out over and over and over again. And I think it's too tough to understand that without living it. 
if you're sitting in New York as a hedge fund manager, with all due respect to the hedge fund managers that listen to this podcast, which is probably rhymes with a hero, but probably starts with a Z, <laughs> is, uh, you know, you got to live it. Yeah. yeah, you live it and stuff like that. You we, you see it over the past 10 years, like you're you're looking at all these people coming in and how hard it is to get stuff built on a timely manner, yet more and more people are coming in and you're watching rental prices go up and housing prices go up. Simple supply and demand economics wins out every single time. And people have been saying that for decades now. And I think it'll be a problems for decades in the future because we just can't build product fast enough with how many people want to live in, in a province like BC. Oh, yeah. No, I, I agree. I think it's, it's past the, the point of no return, unfortunately, on that that uh, imbalance. So it's, it's yeah, I agree with you. next 20, 30 years. All right, John, before we let you go, we've got our six pack of lighthearted questions. Now you've been here multiple times, so you've forced us to kind of change these on the fly here. So we ask you some different questions. I know you're not out of the office there, but do you, can you spare just a few more minutes for us? For sure. The six pack is powered by our good friends over at Red Point Law. Red Point Law, Corey, Tim, Falco, Scott, and the team. These are great people with a wealth of experience when it comes to commercial closings and private lending. And I just want to say, Corey, not to cut you off, they have a perfect five-star review on Google. So for all your commercial legal needs, visit them at redpointlaw.ca with offices in Vancouver and now open in downtown Kelowna. First question up in the uh, custom-made six-pack for John Switzer. John, first question up. Will the Canucks make the playoffs this year? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> no. I don't know. I, I, I used to be. I mean, I'm, I'm always going to be a Canucks fan, but I, I've got yeah. uh, three- and five-year-old girls. I, I just don't have time to follow it anymore, but I know enough that yeah. I'm not going to bet any money on, uh, on the Canucks yeah. making the playoffs. I'd certainly be ecstatic if they did but well I'll, I'll i'll quickly give you an update to bring you up to speed here i was fucking through the channels the other day and saw vancouver was playing calgary it's an exhibition game i understand that um but the score was 10 nothing calgary so Ooh. uh yeah so uh, hopefully it's not foreshadowing how we're going to start here but like you know in this city here if we go like five and oh to start the season like the play the they're they're planning the parade yeah. route playoff tickets will be on sale starting next week if we go zero and five to start the season, you know, I mean, people are burning jerseys in the streets. So, yep. Uh, yep. you know, time will tell. I think for the Canucks' sake, I like Rick Tockett. I think this year maybe we might have an above-average chance of making it in if we can stay healthy. So I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say we're going in. All we're right. going to go in. I'll, I'll... All right. So it sounds like a bet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next question: Favorite drink, and this can be alcoholic or non-alcoholic. Okay. Um, I've got into the, uh, into tequila a little bit lately, like the, uh, not, nothing, none of these crazy, like Azul bottles or anything. I'm, I'm not at that level whatsoever financially or, uh, or taste bud wise, but, um, just kind of like the 50 to $60 bottles and you can cut, they're good enough. You can kind of sip them or just do, you know, like soda and lime enjoying that. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll second that. It sounds good. Yeah. It sounds good. I was uh, I was very fortunate. We, uh, a past guest we had was Pat Wood, who's joined us a couple times on the show. He works in our Victoria office. And uh, I was very fortunate to get invited to his wedding a couple weeks ago over in Victoria. And uh, they were passing around the fireball. 
And I, I, I got there at six. I left at nine because I was struggling to see when I looked at one person and that person turned into two people and even three people, I thought my time was up. So I had left and it took me a good week and a half to probably recover. And, um, yeah, as much as I'd like to join you with that tequila there, John, I think you're going to go solo on that one because I'd be in bed for two weeks yeah. after. <laughs> sure. Next question up, John. Favorite TV show or movie currently? Favorite TV show? Oh, you know what? It's come up before. I'm not sure if it was on on the uh, Vancouver Real Estate Podcast or, or this one, but uh, The Bear was was awesome. And unfortunately... I have to wait a little while now for uh, for season three, but I, I got right into that and uh, can't wait for for season three. John, and what's that show about? Uh, it's about a, a Chicago restaurateur, and he he came from like a Michelin star background, and then he's he's now trying to rebuild the the family restaurant, a little little hole in the wall, and trying to turn it into something great. And it's just really good. Uh, characters, really good acting, uh, great, great soundtrack. I know the the Scalinas were talking about the soundtrack, and before I'd seen it, and couldn't agree more. It's all a whole bunch of old, uh, like really old tracks from, um, like REM and and uh, Counting Crows and Wilco, and the list goes on and on. Oh, that's surprising because when I heard you said the Scalina brothers were talking about, I was assuming Backstreet Boys, <laughs> Britney Spears, all that stuff that they have on the, when I walk into their office with what they're continuously playing through their speakers. But Just in sync on replay. In sync, yeah. Mm-hmm. In sync on replay, yeah. So that's surprising that they, that they even know who those artists I, are I, based I, on what I hear them listening to here. Now that you mentioned, I think it was actually the guest that uh, knew all that stuff and they just thought it right. sounded cool. It usually is. Yeah. Okay, so next question. Something for under $1,500 that has had a positive impact on your life. And you may have been asked this before, but we're going to ask it again. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I'm going to go with the next one on my list, which is just pretty run-of-the-mill. I, I, I've been with this iPhone for a very long time, so I, I'm in dire need of an upgrade. So go with new iPhone. And- New iPhone. That's a good one. That's a good one. Okay, John, last question before we get you out of here. I'll, I'll let Melissa read it because this is her question here. You missed a question. Oh, did I miss one? Are we? Are we? What? Number five. Number five. Oh, sorry. Math was never my strong suit. Yeah. Uh, number five, uh, a piece of advice you would give an investor right now, John, looking to buy into the commercial real estate market, all things considered. That the best opportunities come. Uh, I'm stealing this from from Warren Buffett, but when, when the market is fearful, it's, it's the time to be greedy. And there's, there's more than enough fear out there right now. And, uh, I just think when, when it seems like everybody's scared, then there's, there's nobody left to, uh, you know, drive the market into more, more negative territory. So that's the time to start snatching things up. And, and I heard another good quote recently, or maybe I'm jumping the gun here, but that uh, there are no bad assets, just bad prices. And that's what this feels like right now is that, um, you know, we're, we're at a point now where I think if you find an asset and the numbers make sense and you can see, you know, a, a way to improve the situation in, in the future, then it's time to just jump on it. I don't think things are going to get a whole lot worse here. Well, I'll tell you right now, my philosophy has always been in the real estate business in BC over the past, what, probably call it 20 years. 
there's cycles. And as long as you believe in the, the the typical economics of what I talked about earlier, supply and demand in the province here seems to work really, really well as an investment strategy. There's more money to be made in a down cycle than an up cycle because the stuff, if you can buy stuff now at a cheaper price, we will have an up cycle. If you believe in, if you follow the BC real estate market, that you're buying things at a cheaper price now that will probably have a higher price down the road potentially at a compressed cap rate and maybe even at a higher lease rate, which will improve your LOI. You're making money on three fronts. So um, I totally agree with you. Yep. All right. Last question heading into the weekend here. Your ideal vacation, is it a secluded cabin in the woods or a luxury penthouse in the city? Are those the only few options? Those are your two options? That's (laughs) it. She's only giving you one. You can live the high life downtown on the penthouse or you can you can be like in a tent in Duncan. <laughs> treehouse. A treehouse. A treehouse tree tent in Duncan. I, I your say choice. this because Corey makes fun of me. I love like a good treehouse in the woods. Oh, you yeah. know, nobody's around. Oh, right? Cool. I that's an easy one for me. I'm not a fan of heights, so I'm going cabin in the woods all day. If those are my only two options. <laughs> well, it, it's funny because like like we record these on Friday before they get released. So I'll always ask Melissa when I say like, what are you doing this weekend? And she'll pull up her phone and she'll show me some, some place in the middle of absolutely nowhere. And it's like this house, like a dog house in a tree. It's like a dog house in a tree with a patio, like in Duncan or North Cowichan. (laughs) And she's like, I'm going there for the weekend by myself. And I'm like, Oh, I'm gonna go get home and get, get told where to go by my, my six year old, my eight year old. You're going to go camping in the woods by yourself in a doghouse in a tree. Okay. Okay. It's more like luxury treehouse. Oh, luxury treehouse. My apologies. I I retract my comment there. In Uh, the woods. John, for all of those who want to get a hold of you to find out more what you guys are doing at Impact Commercial, if you are looking for commercial lending, how can people find out what where, where to reach you? Um, yeah, I would just point them to our website. Uh, we, we actually just redid our whole website and we're excited about it. So all of our contact information is on there. We, you can see some of our current and past uh, projects that we're working on or that we, we've recently financed. Yeah, and we're, we're up to uh, a seven-person team now. You can find everybody on there, and everybody's uh, very good at, at their, you know, their their individual specialization. So um, we can find someone to help you with any of your needs in the commercial space. Outstanding. Well, I will. I will give you guys a, a shameless plug here. Is we've sent you lots of deals from a brokerage and personally over the years, and you've never let us down. You've always been able to pull out the tough deals that we've always questioned of how their financing will come together, and uh, impacts never let us down. So, highly encourage awesome. everyone if you haven't, if you got funding, give them a shout. Awesome. No, thank you, and uh, yeah, it's great to hear. Excellent. Thanks John. Thanks, John, for your time. We really appreciate it. Okay, you guys too. Take care. Take care. Bye bye. There you have it, folks. Our interview with John Switzer, Managing Partner, Impact Commercial. As always, very informative. And he said he didn't listen to Doug Porter's podcast, but I'm going to kind of call a little bit of BS on that because John's how John foresees the market is the same as BMO. So, you know, I think John might have listened to it, didn't say, because he's as accurate very as accurate. that. So always a great guest comes in. Well, I found it was really interesting too. And I know we talk about this all the time. It's just how the bond market is so impactful mm-hmm. on, you mean, the overall interest rate side of things. And you know, people who may not be in our industry may not understand that quite as much. So John unpacks that, explains how the bond market kind of, you know, foresees or predicts 
where things are going to go. I like John's predictions on the slashing of the rates next summer. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was like that, that's like Chucky. Just like right M- down. Machete. Cut it yeah. in half. Like I like John's optimism. Which I think for the market is going to is things are just going to blow up at least on the residential side. Well, if that happens. Well, one thing that Doug warned us about last last week was if the market does take off too quickly, the Feds will go back and they will look at the interest rates right away. So Let's hope it's it's a steady incremental increase and not overnight doubling that we've seen in some years. Yeah. Melissa, for all of those who want to reach out to you to find out more about re- residential real estate, how can they do that? Yeah. You can call me at 778-869-4477 or email me at melissa at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. And for those looking to do commercial real estate transactions, you can reach me at corey at williamwright.ca anytime. Always love hearing from our listeners about our guests and the show. You can visit our website, williamwright.ca, sign up for the latest and greatest news, or you can call our head office in Vancouver, 604-428-5255. Let us know what you're looking at and we'll put you in touch with the best agent within the province. Sounds great. You forgot to mention one thing, though. Uh, Your run is coming up. My run is coming up. Yes. And where am I running? You Uh, are running, well, somewhere along the 100 miles that Jane Lee is running. Apparently, yeah. I heard heard you're going to run the whole thing. Uh, I'm willing to do... I'm a 5K girl. You're a 5K girl? I'm a 5K girl. You're probably a 10K guy, so... Yeah, at least, at least 10 feet. At least 10 feet. I'm a... (laughs) All right. So it'll be so interesting. That, so that's yeah, coming up in a few weeks. Right around the corner. And for all those who haven't had a chance to donate, yep. we encourage you to go to VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. There's a link on the website. Yep. All these episodes live there. So if you ever want to go back and listen to previous episodes, great search functions. You can go through and search everything and you can find uh, any topic you're looking for. The website for everything. Yep. So thanks once again for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. All right. See you. Subscribe today.